Have you felt disconnected lately? Just feel the fatigue of virtual church? Welcome to Lobby Talk with me, your host, Jonathan Tay, and joined by Pastor Jason Locke for a six-episode series as we try to inject some of that organic chit-chat back into the life of Hope Bible Church and dive into what doing life together looks and feels like in an increasingly remote and digital environment. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to episode three of Lobby Talk. I'm here with Jason again. So before I get started, just some opening remarks is that I've gotten some really helpful feedback and really kind words from some of you who've been watching. Some of you have been saying, hey, you guys seem to really interact really organically. And uh, we've been able to get a little bit sense of who Jason is and who you are. And I just want to say that that's, that's awesome. I didn't expect that, mm. mostly because as much as it's been a very organic process with Jason, uh, sometimes what people don't know is that even though we work together on Sundays frequently, it's in parallel. And so we don't actually see each other super often. So it's been a treat for me to get to know Jason a little bit more than I would normally would. So that Same, being said... It's mutual for me too, John. I've been enjoying getting to know you more in this yeah. as well. Yeah. All right. So let's jump in. The first question though is related to how... I might not know you that well in the sense that people might think I know you well, but okay. the question is, I call you Jason, right? Yeah, I, like, sure. But when you transitioned from, you know, Jason, the youth director to, you know, all these transitions up to senior pastoring, sure, you have people who've only ever known you as Pastor Jason, whereas you've, sure. you've seen some people who've known you majority of your life as just Jason. And yeah. now they hear you on Sunday being announced as Pastor Jason. Sure. What do you want to be called, man? And what 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 do you want to be called? Do you care? Um, how do we settle this debate once and for all? <laughs> wow, once and for all. So I remember I actually in one of my first messages I preached in uh, over a year ago as senior pastor when we were in the beginning of the Colossian series, I briefly talked about this in my message. Um, because that I can't remember what the context was what, that allowed me to talk about it or which I chose to talk about it but um, I remember that was one of the first things uh, that came about after I was announced that I'd be senior pastor especially from my really good friends in youth ministry uh, it's one of the coolest things about growing up in the church uh, myself and growing up with the youth has been seeing them graduate and then being able to call, say be peers with them like I was in with youth I was a youth director to those who were in youth and then they got to young adults and like I was in small groups with them and and I think about good friends like Louis Stavropoulos he was a youth but now he's actually a part-time staff at the church and we're like we work together so it's really cool so some youth soon after I was announcing your pastor one of the first things they said was like do I need to call you pastor now right and yeah. I uh, and then in my message, what I said was, you can if you want to, but I would love if you called me brother. Uh, like, whatever yeah, you, like, not that. brother Jason, like yeah, some yeah. title. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't, but like, uh, I just want to be, uh, I, I recognize the responsibility of being an elder um, uh, and being a pastor. And if people, some people, I, I respect that many people uh, see the role of uh, the pastorate and want to treat it with respect. Um, I was even watching a, uh, a clip online the other day, and I was uh, of a politician speaking at in at giving a eulogy in a really old traditional church, 
and it was a high church as it was called yeah. maybe a presbyterian church or i can't remember but the pulpit you actually had to walk up like 15 stone steps to get to the pulpit and it was this he, you have to look up like this to see it and it wasn't so much the, those churches weren't so much built like that to elevate the person but to elevate the word of god and i, I some people want to be able to um have respect for the person because of the position I'm fine with Jason and the long and the short of it is because while I am pastor of the church I'm also a member of the church and I'm also part of the body of the church and Christ is the head of the church and I'd so much rather want to have relationships with people where um, I know my role and I know my duty but I'm a part of the family uh, yeah. just like just like others are yeah different in, a, in some winter but I'm part of the family that's great. Cool. Thanks for clearing that up. Hopefully this yeah. clears it up for the masses. All right. Sure. Um, yeah. All right, man. So in your sermon this uh, this Sunday or Saturday yeah. and Sunday, it, it was uh, really cool how you were able to link your experiences as a new father and how you kind of paralleled that to how God as our father, you know, he's just waiting for us to cry, Abba, Father, you know, and to mm. suit. And, and I love the, the, the term you said almost as if the spirit is speaking speaking facts to you to soothe you and to mm. really remind you of who you are and things like that so mm. you mentioned this was a particularly tough week for you where you mm. needed the holy spirit to soothe you in that in that fatherly way mm. Mm. how are you holding up man that's all i got for you by god's grace uh like i think i said in my message um the spirit like you, we need to hear the Spirit's soothing voice when He speaks to us at, when we reach the end of the line. When uh, your uh, I said something like when your knees are weak, when your cheeks are wet, when today is a haze and tomorrow is a fog. Yeah. And when the Spirit speaks to you, it doesn't change. It doesn't necessarily strengthen your knee, knees or dry your tears or clear the haze or the fog, but your soul is soothed and that's that's how I, I, I f feel right now the Lord has allowed me to go through circumstances in his providence that are thankfully uh, uh, helping me grow uh, but sometimes but growth comes with growth pains so uh, still feel like many people feel in many circumstances of their life the pain of my own sanctification but I know them I'm loved during it and I've had to remind myself I needed to hear my message actually again I was not having a very good day again on Saturday like I preached my message Friday had a pretty poor day um, Saturday morning and then like really wasn't in didn't want to sit down and watch the service but my wife brought me in and listening to the worship and then hearing the message like that last song I was of Izzy Worthy I was just able to honestly sing it in my heart like do this does the father really love us he does and, and uh so soothed but still shaken i guess yeah. that's how i'm feeling right now mm -hmm. yeah i can relate with that i think a lot of our church can probably relate with that and i don't think mm. any of us are exempt from kind of the the feelings and the ebbs and flows of life but we do yeah. absolutely need that kind of spirit to speak into us um, we need the holy spirit to remind us of hey these are the facts these are who this is who you are it, it's yeah. so important so thanks for that yeah. thanks for sharing that for sure yeah um i'm gonna get into something a little heavier 
Uh, it's mm. directly from. We're going to jump into a question more about directly about the sermon. And okay, uh, I come from. So I'll preface this with the fact that I don't come from a perfect family. I came from a mm-hmm. uh, family where my parents are separated, and so uh, my my mother remarried. And you know, mm. thank God that I actually am in amazing relationship with both of what I would call both of my fathers, uh, mm-hmm. my biological father and my stepfather. And so, mm-hmm. but I would say that that's definitely at times have affected the way I view God as a father. Mm. So there's ways where you mentioned that people aren't going to be, when they think of God as father, they don't have this instant connection with an ideal father figure or the Mm -hmm. ideal idea of what a father should be. Do you think that affects our church in any particular way and how we can, as a church, come back to a healthy idea of who God is as a father? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think... uh... I'm really grateful for the family that I grew up in uh, myself and my parents in time past have given been given an opportunity to share their testimony um, about their own growth uh, to our church as a congregation through special events and things like that and um, like no no family is for perfect no father is perfect by any means but different people are disproportionately affected in in different ways from uh, lack of uh, father figure in their lives. And that, that lack of human father figure can absolutely um, affect our relationship with God. And it's serious. In um, If people care uh, to look into it, I preached a message Oh, when I, I preached a message on the fear of, uh, t- a two-part series on the fear of God, I think about this, about this time last year. And um, I preached a message on Psalm 112. I think it was Psalm 112. And in that, it talked about uh, the value of having a father that fears the Lord. Uh, but in that sermon, I referenced statistics about how um, uh, fatherhood and lack of fatherhood is, is really can be detrimental to a society. And I would say to anyone listening um, that if you have a have not had the relationship with your dad that you wanted and you still feel the pain of that, um, I would want them to know that even if they don't feel it, that in Christ, uh, that they are loved by God. And even if they're not, not a Christian or aren't following the way of Jesus and still con- curiously um, uh, examining the claims of Christianity, the, the Bible does teach that God loves the world and that as Father, God loved the world so much to send his own son to show his love for the world. And then I'd also say to those people who are dads and they feel the pain of not being the dad they want to be, that um, God's grace is sufficient for you and his power is made perfect in weakness. And he can make us, and if for dads out there, I'd encourage them who want to be the dads they want that God calls them to, read Psalm 112. There's encouragement and there's hope. So, but I, I would say for those reasons, that reason, that uh, that can significantly affect our relationship uh, with the Heavenly Father. But in that message on Psalm 112, I do remember that the hope I tried to 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 give and that I w- would explain today is the church is the opportunity to be able to cultivate relationships for those who do not have the relationships with their dads that they want. Um, like Paul cultivated a relationship with Timothy, right? That's the hope that God, the church can offer what the Timothy's dad wasn't around. 
Timothy's dad was Greek, from what we know, because he had a Greek name. Timothy is a Greek name. But Timothy's parents were Jewish. I think something like that. They were a mixed ethnic family. But Timothy's... We have no reference of Timothy's dad. We have reference of Timothy being influenced by his mother, Lois, and his grandmother, Eunice. And because of that, he was able, in 2 Timothy 3, it says, he, his, his mom and grandma raised him to be able to be wise to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. He was raised with the scriptures, but dad wasn't there. And, but, but, but Paul stepped in. When he was a younger man, when Paul came and shared the gospel, what Paul did is he attached himself to Timothy as a father. And Paul called Timothy my true child in the faith. And it was likely that Timothy was converted in Paul's um, trials and the Apostle Paul said in 2nd Timothy chapter 3 you Timothy have observed my life my conduct my teaching my aim my sufferings and that's what um, a spiritual father is able to do um, to step into the lives of those whose dads aren't around so I would encourage a church to be open and looking if um, for families uh, and for uh, young people who need some mentoring. Uh, one of the reasons I loved youth ministry. Uh, yet I would say also if, so there's opportunity in our church for the church to be a family, to receive, like that's the promise of what Jesus told the rich young ruler, right? If you leave all your treasures, you will receive houses and mothers and he said a hundred times mothers and fathers you can't actually receive a hundred times mothers and fathers but you can receive all that your heart uh, our heart longs for in Christ and in the treasure of the kingdom and the church can provide up the opportunity of a spiritual family um, where maybe the biological family didn't come in and uh, um, to those who are right now don't have that dad and struggle to have a relationship with the Father, I would encourage them to look at the life of Jesus. Because what we know about... It, we don't know what happened to Joseph. Most people believe he, he died. But we know that Joseph was around until he Jesus was about 12, and then he wasn't. Yeah. The last record we have of, Jesus, of Joseph was when Joseph, Jesus went to the temple at 12 years old. And then somewhere between Jesus' 12th birthday and 30th birthday, Joseph was gone. Um... But look at the way that Jesus interacted with his heavenly Father. Look at the prayers that Jesus prayed. Um, look at the way that Jesus talked about his Father, especially during in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 4 to 7. Look at the references that Jesus talks about who our Father is. And that's the type of, per, of person that our God can be to us. I would re re reference one passage real quick, open my Bible to it, because it's so meaningful to me right now. This yeah, is the type of... This is the type of father in heaven that we have. Uh, I believe I'll find it. If I don't, I can quote it as best I can off the top of my head. Sure. Uh, Jesus, uh, when it was the Luke equivalent of Jesus saying uh, that he gives us everything. Aha, here it is. It says of God the Father, but uh, first Jesus is talking to us, but love your enemies and do good, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For He, the Father, is kind to the ungrateful and evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. This is the type of Father in Heaven that we have. God is good and lends and is kind 
to people who are ungrateful to him and evil. That's the father that we have. That even if we act in ways that are not for our good, he's still kind towards us. And he disciplines us for our good. So there's hope if, if there's hope because of who our father is. Um, and I think we can um, better relate to God as father when we see the way that Jesus related to God as father. And there's hope for those who want to be the dads that they aren't yet, for who never had the dad that they wanted. Uh, there's hope because of who Christ, the father is to Christ. So, mm. Awesome. Thanks mm. for that. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And the last question I've got for today is, you know, obviously the hope that we have uh, isn't anything here on earth, right? It's it's mm -hmm. our, our, our kind of our final destination in heaven and mm. all the promises that God promises us as an inheritance for the future. Sure. Uh, which of these promises would you say you currently resonate with the most? So I wrote down a few um, that you preached on. Right? That yeah, you yeah. have a seat at the reserved at the you have a reservation at the table, you know. Yeah. Uh, that he loves and treasures you. That as a father, mm. he is waiting for you in your babbling to cry out, Abba Father. Mm. That your self worth isn't defined by your behavior, but in the things that Christ has done for you. Mm. And then finally, adopted by Christ, and that you have an inheritance. I know it's not yeah. mutually exclusive, right? Like you probably sure. resonate with all of them to some degree. But which yes. one of these would you say right now is like, wow, that that strikes a nerve with me? Yeah, definitely the one that um, my dignity and self worth isn't defined by my behavior, and also that my uh, um, I can call out to him like a babbling child, and he loves me. Um, that's just so. That, awesome um, it's right now that's what resonates well with me that like a good I don't need to sound like a I don't need to sound like I'm someone special when I pray to God I can just be like a child to my father and have the confidence that he loves me and hears me um, my son had a my 11 month old son had a tough morning this morning he had a little upset stomach had a little throw up um, but uh, my wife and I were like right on him and he was never alone and every whimper he had we he was attached to us and I know that the father is near um, and then also yeah the the one on dignity I have six um, statements gospel affirming statements that I remind myself of frequently and that's one of them. My self, my self worth is not defined, is secure. No, how do I say it? My self worth is not determined by successes or failures, but it's secured in God's love for me in Christ. And I try to remind myself of that frequently. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. And yeah. What, what about you, John? When you think about these for your own self, which one of those resonates in your own heart the most, or the nearest to your heart right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's got to be a close tie. It's actually a tie between the ones you mentioned as well. Um, yeah. But I would say that the first one is probably the he's waiting for you to cry out to him, have a father. Because mm. I would say that I'm someone who likes to take things into my own hands. And mm. I, I need to remind myself that I am a child and he is my father. And that, uh, you know, he's, he's ready, willing, and wants that relationship for me to come to him but mm. i've also got to take that step and be like dad help yeah yeah i find that that's the challenge and that's actually uh the what made what was made things hard in my own walk with christ this past week 
I was speaking the facts. I was letting the spirit speak this back facts to my feelings in my mind, but I wasn't. I knew it hadn't yet reached my heart um, until uh, later in the week, because I was trying to tell myself the right things, but I hadn't actually stopped and prayed to God about it yet. I was still like the spirit had not yet opened. I had not let the spirit open my heart. I was trying to do the duty of believe yeah. this, believe this, believe this, believe this, but not have the faith to actually stop and be like, okay, God, here's all my weaknesses. Here's all my fears. Here's my, old, my insecurities. Here's all my shame. And that bridge, that, that act of humility to actually stop grinding and stop uh, despairing and actually get in a quiet place and pray, that's hard. But that's actually what uh, is the evidence that we're being uh, the child of God, that the Spirit's leading us. And it's nothing more than a kid reaching up to daddy's arms. And sometimes it, it takes, the pr it's pride that keeps me from crying out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So me, me, me and you both. And I think that's a great reminder because I would say that I also uh, intellectualize my problem before I actually mm. act in a step of faith. And I think mm. God's like, just trust me with this. Just trust me with mm -hmm. this. All right, so mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'm gonna kind of wrap up our podcast today. And before Great. I do, what I wanna do is just encourage anyone who hasn't watched this weekend sermon to jump in on either the YouTube channel or our live.hopemarkham.ca website to grab a glimpse of that. Uh, I mm. love that in the sermon on one hand that there was no condemnation for those who have, uh, I guess, they're more in tune with their emotions. Um, mm. And there's no condemnation to that, you know, but an encouragement to temper those emotions with facts from the Holy Spirit. And then for mm. those who are more in tune with their heads rather than their mm. hearts, to allow their hearts to feel the weight and truth of what the Spirit is speaking to us today, rather than like what we just mentioned, intellectualize all up here and forget that there's some in here too. So mm. that's what I want to leave everyone with today. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me again this morning, Jason. Always a pleasure, Absolutely. brother. For sure. Take care. Well, that's all for today on Lobby Talk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and remember to bring your questions and be ready to contribute to your small group meeting this week. And if you're not in one, please contact us at info at hopemarkham.ca as we'd love to support you and for you to have community in times like these. Thanks for listening. And thank you to Pastor Jason for calling in this morning. Tune in next week as we catch up over morning coffee and chat about the weekend sermon in the church lobby. And we'll see you next time.